Visible is a wireless carrier that is not invisible. It is pretty clear from the name, actually, radio waves are invisible. And I can say this with authority as a licensed amateur radio operator. That being said, Visible won't be giving you the power to see light outside the visible spectrum. It's actually way better because having that ability would make getting around very difficult and distracting. What you do get with Visible is unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. You get one line of wireless, just $25 a month, which is great in these times of economic uncertainty. That is one line for $25, taxes and fees included. So whatever you're doing at this moment, please stop. Switch immediately. Now, monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Listen! Welcome to Nintendo Voice Chat, IGN's Nintendo podcast. My name is Philip Mewson, and remember that you can catch us live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern time on IGN.com. You can catch the episode first there, and then the next day on YouTube at 3 o'clock. So make sure you come to IGN if you want to see NVC a day early. But anyway, today I am joined by Pear Schneider. What's up, Philip? Brian Altano. Hello there. And Casey DeFritas. Hello. (laughs) So good to have you guys back here. Very, very nice. I promise I'm going to put my switch on. Yeah, it's like I'll- <laughs> Brian's very busy right now. He's he's in the middle of playing a top secret game. Actually, no, I guess we could say what. Yeah, I'm playing Dead Cells. Yeah. God damn, that's a good game. <laughs> okay, all right, don't don't say too much. Right, embargo. Yes, it is under embargo, and uh, God we, damn, that's a blank blank game. <laughs> God damn, that's a game. <laughs> we uh, we're we are going to review it, so make sure you keep your eyes open for that. Uh, it should definitely be on your radar. But before we get into all of the crazy stuff, let's just go over the run a show real quick. There are new Splatoon two amiibo out, which is really exciting. Uh, Octopath Traveler is selling like <laughs> it's selling like crazy. It's selling off the shelves. Uh, Super Smash Brothers. The file size has been revealed for that. Ooh, I love I love when these guys mess with me while they're <laughs> the show. It makes it so much easier. Um, Sakurai's back in Famitsu talking about Smash Brothers. Uh, not a bunch of like newsy tidbits, but there is still some juicy little nuggets of information that I'm excited to share with you guys there. Also, the Kong Skull Island director and upcoming director of Metal Gear uh, is talking about his idea for if he was going to make a Metroid movie, what that would be like. Uh, so that would be cool to check out. Super cool. And then also there are a ton of games that we just have backlogged and we're really excited to share with you guys today as well. Let's but anyway, it. yeah, let's go ahead and jump straight into the Splatoon 2 Amiibo, as you guys saw with uh, Pear and Brian just kind of harassing me with them. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there they are. Pear has them unboxed. I've got them in the box right here. I haven't opened mine just yet, but it's Pearl and Marina, which is really cool. We've been waiting for these a while. They came out like on July 13th, I believe. Mm-hmm. And if you're Splatoon fan, definitely make sure you pick these up uh, because they give you some really, really cool gear so guys, in the game. Uh, Good design. Octoling or Inkling? That was the recent Splatfest. Yeah. Which one would you pick? Octoling. Octoling. 
everyone in Japan picked Octoling. Did they so, really? so I want to be on the winning team. Octoling. Okay. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a global Splatfest, which is like the first time they're actually doing that. Um, and word is that most Japanese players are picking Octolings. So yeah. Marina yeah. is the Octoling, and Pearl is the Inkling mm-hmm. in this duo. Of yeah. the hosts. Yeah, it's really, really... Uh, pretty easy choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty yep. easy choice there. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, let's go ahead and jump over to the Octopath Traveler sales. Now, how, who's playing Octopath? I just started well, last yes. night, so yes. Yes. All right, we're all playing Octopath. I'm about like mm, 15 hours in right now to oh, my wow. game. Yeah, so nice. I, I played a whole bunch over this past weekend. And man, I am so in love with this game. I had no idea that I would be like this enthralled by a game that looked like looks like it came straight out of like the SNES era mm-hmm. essentially um, but obviously it's got all these modern touches to it like the volumetric lighting we did mention a little bit uh, or we talked a little bit about Octopath on last week's episode um, but since then apparently we're not the only ones playing Octopath Traveler a lot of other people are because it's incredibly difficult to get your hands on a physical copy of this game it's completely sold out um, on Amazon they're actually back ordered for like one to two months I pre-ordered the special edition on Amazon still no shipping date oh, really? Like, yeah I, at pre-order it said day and date and now it's uh, like we don't have a date yet goodbye oh, that's really man. disappointing I, I incredibly regret not pre-ordering a collector's edition yeah it's cool it's game. cool I don't know if it's a hundred bucks cool I, I yeah. checked out the one we have here but it's really cool the the little mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, diorama yeah I really thing. I really like the pop-up book it's cool you can't really like put it on display unless you like put something else in there to keep the pages like well, you, const- you constantly blow on the pages. <laughs> you just blow on the pages. Yeah. Just it has a fan in front of little, yeah. two, two fans. <laughs> I was going to say, there's an invention for that. <laughs> Find like the perfect physics balance. Did it come with a soundtrack? Yeah, uh, yeah, it did, which so is really good. How many tracks are on the soundtrack? I actually haven't opened it yet. I'm trying okay. to keep oh, mine man. like sealed yeah. and mint. It's a very specific question. Well, because a lot of times the soundtracks that come with collector's editions only come with like five to ten tracks, and right. games could have you know mm. dozens and dozens, twenty, thirty, fifty tracks. Like we'll I'm always it. disappointed. Well, it's with like my Breath of the Wild. Editions. Yeah, I'm yeah. always super disappointed with my Zelda collector's yep. edition soundtracks because they have such a small selection of the music that are actually in the games. Yeah, and there's a lot of really good music in this game. I wish yeah, they just gave you like a code amazing. to redeem online that just had all the songs. Because yeah. I understand the limitations of physical media. Yeah. I also understand that I don't really have a place for physical media in 2018. So I know some people still collect CDs. Yeah, I got um. Good for you. I don't. I got I a digital them. code <laughs> for Monster Hunter soundtrack when Monster Hunter World came out, and that one didn't even have one of the main themes of one of the main areas, and that was disappointing. <laughs> we're 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 in a good path to bingo for this week already. <laughs> we're on an octopath. <laughs> we got the Monster Hunter mentioned it. But yeah, you guys, nice work. You guys just you just didn't smile and nod at me while being quiet for five minutes. So <laughs> That's we right. Okay. <laughs> we'll do that next time. Mm, Monster Hunter, Monster Hunter. <laughs> has music. It does. Yeah. Well, the Monster Octopath Traveler music. soundtrack is super so super good. good. Yeah. Mm. Um, I highly recommend you pick it up if you're like a fan of just video game music or like classic, like I don't know, Final Fantasy style, like battle music. Because mm-hmm. the way it's done is just so perfect and it fits mm-hmm. the whole setting of that game. Yeah, and it's not repetitive at all. Like, no. You can have that battle music on in the background and it not get annoying, which is yeah. very rare. Yeah. yeah, that is rare. It's a great game so far. I, I love the variety of the uh, you know the the flair the player special moves. You know the mm-hmm. ability to have somebody follow you. Mm-hmm. Or you know, and, and summon somebody in battle, or to start a start a fight with somebody on the spot. Like I, I really like that. 
you know, the the characters, the the scenarios are similar, but they all have their own special little touches. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I brought I brought up this game called Life of Life, which is sitting on my my desk. It's a Square title from way back when that never came out in the West. And that game was um, split into uh, lots of different chapters, and each chapter actually played differently too. So mm-hmm. different. Uh, each chapter had a different creator, had a different theme. One was wrestling. One was set in China. One was set on a spaceship, <laughs> and those all had different gameplay systems. And like. After playing one of the sections for a couple of minutes, you're like, oh, man, I really I really like the other system better. And then you're stuck with a whole story with an inferior battle system. Mm-hmm. Whereas like this one, it feels well-tuned, well-tweaked. doesn't have quite that variety, but um, it, it's just a really charming and cool game. Yeah, I guess the biggest criticism that it's been getting is that like each path... They don't really like, intersect with each other very often, yeah. which I guess is a little disappointing. But, at, you know, at the same time, I'm still like really enjoying switching between the different paths. And I found that that actually eliminates a lot of the tedious grinding that you experience, like especially in games like Bravely Default, which right. was um, this developer's like previous RPG or the this same team's previous RPG. Yeah. Yep. Um, so, like, you know, I got I got to a point in Theron's story where I think it was like the end of chapter two. There's a boss you have to fight. You have to be like level. 22 and I think I was only level 16 so I went to go play Primrose's story leveled my way all the way up to that final boss then went back to Theron's boss got him and then went back to uh, Primrose's story and got that boss so like it's so cool being able to um, level up in that game Mm -hmm. because it feels like you're always working towards something it's not just a constant grind yeah no there's not a just a powerful boss and then you can't do anything and you have to run around in the field you you actually can switch to a different path and complete stuff yeah exactly yeah it's nice either way people are who collect physical versions of games on switch can't really buy this game right now yeah yeah that's yeah that's kind of a pain i'm i'm actually pretty surprised that they i guess i don't know didn't really know what to expect with how many copies of this game they were sending out they were definitely playing it safe yeah yeah i mean they sold through everything that they shipped out if you look at the um the sales charts we have the numbers for japan and uk in japan octopath is number one it sold like 110,000 copies and i think those might just be the physical numbers Mm -hmm. um and then on top of that, in the UK, it's number three, just under Crash Bandicoot and Lego The Incredibles, which, by the way, both Lego The Incredibles and Crash Bandicoot are not full-price games. Right. But Octopath is. So if you take into account the revenue, like Octopath is definitely the most profitable game yep. that's selling right now. I mean, I, mean I, I figured it would do really well. Last, last week, I you know, pulled the stats for content on IGN, and I shared it out on my Twitter feed. And Fortnite's always the biggest thing right now. There's so much news around that game, so many updates, but also millions of players playing this game. Octopath was in number two, which is, you know, given that there's so many other big-name brands out there, updates to big games and, uh, and news, I, it surprised me. And no, that's, that's it's, gigantic. It's, that's doing, right? it's doing well, yeah. Is that including wiki content? No, not including wow. wikis. Yeah, okay. so... Oh, just, really? Just kind of like game, you know, news, game preview, reviews, traffic. Yeah. Interesting. When you add wikis, everything is Elder Scrolls and Grand Theft Auto Pokemon 5. Quest. And <laughs> well, Pokemon I mean, Quest is doing incredibly well. The, yeah. the amazing divide between that is that Fortnite is on every platform. It's yeah. free. Um, it gets new content practically daily at this point. Yeah. I mean, actually, it does get new content daily. Whereas Octopath is a platform exclusive sort of niche in one genre yeah. based mm-hmm. RPG that yeah. is kind of set in stone and the game's out now. So like, yeah, yeah I, I wonder how long that'll keep going. If I, the trend continues, it, it might be one of our more popular reviews. You yes. know? Obviously, God of War will be huge by the end of the year, but mm-hmm. I, this is doing really well. So cool. yeah, that's, that's great. It means that there was a, a gap for this game on the yeah. platform that 
you know, people have been waiting for an RPG like that. I, I honestly, though, don't blame uh, Square Enix for playing it safe with the physical copies because if you mm-hmm. if you look at the traffic, like you know, leading up to launch, how many people were actually paying attention to Octopath? There weren't that many people that were that interested in it. So it's one of those games that needed to, I think, come out and then more have more people talking about it for it to really gain that sort of mass appeal. And I think it slowly is because the last real JRPG to really attract a mass audience was Persona Five, mm-hmm. and that's because. Because that's due to a lot of like the critical um, or its critical reception that it received through, you know, from us and from right. other outlets. And on top of that, it was like nominated for awards at the Game Awards. So, I mean, maybe we'll see the same thing with Octopath. Uh, I hope be. so. I yeah. think it's the, it's the power of a really big demo. Yeah. And just putting that yeah. in the hands of a lot of people. I mean, that's worked for decades. And I think there's still I think I think there's still an, like a really fervent audience for a, a, a good demo. Yeah, um, the, I understand the limitations why it's difficult to make one of those and put those out there, but it helps. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, totally. Yeah, um, being able to play the first three hours of a game that gets you hooked—it's mm-hmm. just like why wouldn't you keep playing? And all that's so smart over, right? to carry that yeah, over. Yeah, 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 that was really yeah, smart that's really cool. And yeah. It's like it, fe- it feels like renting something and mm-hmm. being like, oh, I I have something. I'm I'm invested in this now. I want mm-hmm. going. So yeah. and Square yeah. Enix actually issued an apology for brick and mortar stores not having. The physical copies in in the stores anymore in Japan. Wow! Yeah, they came out and had an official apology. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good on them. Um, So let's jump over to this next topic. Uh, So if you've been if you've been paying attention to the Japanese My Nintendo store, because who doesn't, right? Mm. Who doesn't go there every single day? Just me. (laughs) I guess just me. Um, (laughs) Okay. So uh, the. They've actually released new details on the file size for Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. And it's interesting because it's a little bit bigger than what we're used to from an official Nintendo first-party release. It's actually 16 gigabytes, mm-hmm. uh, which essentially means it's going to take at least half of your Switch's internal storage, uh, which is 32 gigabytes, if you don't have an SD card. So that means that there's definitely going to be a lot of content packed into this game. Because Breath of the Wild, I think, was like 13 point something Yeah, gigs. that's Crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah, and Smash is 16. Now, I mean, obviously, hmm. everyone is returning. All the characters right. are coming back. Music. Mo- I'm assuming most of the lots stages. Of music. Yeah. yeah, lots of music. Um, there's some An new- entire single-player campaign, hopefully, fingers crossed. Ah, Ooh, keep wishing. Those gigs. I, I mean, maybe this is a lot This is a lot of space. Can you imagine if they added, like, DLC and updates and stuff like that, how much yeah. bigger it would get? Um, Nintendo, in general, historically, are wizards in terms of, Packing tons of data into a small file compression algorithm on their own platform. I mean, I I downloaded Wolfenstein two on Switch, and it was like I had to I had to delete like fifteen games just to make room for it. How big is your your card? Two. I have a two hundred fifty six. Oh my god! Oh, you have the two fifty six. Fancy pants. That's expensive. Not really. Really? They were, they were like giving them away on Amazon this week. Yeah, were they like, I, I want the four hundred. I have a two hundred. Really yeah, upset. Yeah. I missed those sales. I mm-hmm. went to buy one, and they were all all the deals were just nope, no yeah. more, done. I was one twenty eight so was twenty three bucks as yeah, part of Prime crazy. Day. Yeah. Day. Yeah. Upset. Wow, that's <laughs> definitely <upset>. that's definitely <laughs> worth it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I just thought that was really interesting. Um, hopefully. We do get a lot of DLC for this game. I'd love to have some new fighters coming in, but I think that 16 gigabytes is, I don't know, there's a lot There's a lot of stuff packed in there, so mm-hmm. get get excited about that. Uh, but moving on from there, uh, so Sakurai's latest column was actually released this week in Famitsu, and if you guys have been following that, um, it's, it's sort of this like um, legacy 
like sort of piece that Famitsu has been putting together. Every issue that they put out, they speak with Sakurai and it's they take chunks from his interview. And he spoke a little bit about how um, the whole like presentation for, for Smash Brothers at E3 and how he was nervous about possible leaks happening just before it um, and just about how Nintendo employees weren't even aware of a lot of the stuff that was going on. Because if, if, if the words like, everyone is here, had leaked, then right. that would have totally ruined the surprise. Yep. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It's just really, really crazy to hear him talk about it. I'll put a link in the description of the video if you guys want to check out that interview. I think um, that's so cool, by the way, that it didn't leak. Um, yeah. In spite of the fact that almost everything before E3 usually does, and we're effectively robbing ourselves of that buildup and that mm-hmm. moment, people start working on E3 press conferences like sometimes in December the year before. Yeah. Like I've I've heard that from people at like Microsoft and Sony that it's like it's like a six seven month pro- process of like planning all that out. So when you see those like photographs of a sheet of paper that have all the names on it, and I know like even like Overcooked and a bunch of other stuff leaked from f- through Nintendo this year. Yeah. Um, it's it kind of sucks. And yeah. so I, I feel bad for that, especially people are working on it so hard. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that being said, it's also IGN's job to report on those leaks. So we're a big part of the problem. <laughs> I'm sorry for that. But uh, no, I think it's so cool that he was able to have that moment and get that out there. Because I know that the perception on the Internet and in the room and watching, you know, not my room. I was on paternity leave. My baby was just asleep. And I was like, look, and she was like, I don't care. <laughs> um, but like seeing this, the videos of like Nintendo World Store, people freaking out, like it was a huge moment. So. I'm glad he got to have that because yep. he's been making these games for a long time. Somehow has never made him look older or more tired, but <laughs> he looks the same, man. He looks like it's he's like Dor- 16. He's, he's Dorian Gray. It's he's got crazy. like a picture of an old man in yeah. his kitchen who keeps aging. It's like him and Paul Rudd. I don't get it. <laughs> he's like the perfect example of a perfectionist, yeah. I think, because like even during Treehouse Live while they were showing off the gameplay uh, for Smash Brothers, he was commenting about how like, oh man, I'm going to have to go back and tweak that right mm-hmm. there, like noticing different things that he mm-hmm. needed to go back and change. So it's just crazy like how much he's of himself he's putting into this game. Yeah, I think he lost something like 13 pounds or something in the last, I don't know, m- couple months. Just literally put something of himself in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So take care of yourself, Sakurai. We yeah. love you. We, we definitely want you around a lot longer. So, um, But yeah, very exciting stuff. So next topic here is really exciting for me mm-hmm. because I am a very massive Metroid fan. It's probably one of my most favorite oh, Nintendo are. series. Oh, I see. Yes, yes, I am. I'm not, I know I'm not the only one. Oh, yes. I know I'm not the only one. <laughs> Literally wearing a Metroid shirt. <laughs> like, um, but uh, yeah, so Max Scoville, IGN's own Max Scoville, uh, got a chance to interview Kong Skull Island director uh, Jordan Vaught Roberts. Jordan Vaught Roberts. Vaught Roberts, yeah, yes. So Jordan has been... Um, you almost, you need to apologize for the pronunciation. I apologize for pronouncing that name. And Jordan, make sure to mark your bingo cards, too. Yeah, <laughs> Jordan, yeah that's Jordan a no-brainer to do. Comic-Con. He, he did some stuff with us at Comic-Con last year. He's on our Comic-Con live show this year talking about Metal Gear. Um, he's been basically trying to get a Metal Gear movie going for a long time. He has ideas of what that looks like. Nothing's been like sort of officially greenlit, but he's got scripts. He's got Kojima's blessing. Um, if you follow either of these guys on Instagram, they're constantly tweeting pictures of each other, putting up pictures of each other, yep. just hanging out. So they're working together on stuff. You know, there's, it's not like the situation where we saw like the Uncharted movie 
where they were like, we're making an Uncharted movie and, and you know. It's going to be about a kid and his kangaroo. Yeah, yeah it Druckmann was like, exactly. love it. And Druckmann yeah. was like, I've never heard of this before. Yeah. Who are you? Yeah. Um, this is very different. So, um, but yeah, he was on Up at Noon last week. Right. Because he was here at IGN. Uh, and he he gave a pitch for a Metroid movie. Yeah, he said he's been thinking about um, like what it would be like if he made a Metroid movie and yeah. sort of like his his take on it, which I think is genius. Mm-hmm. Um, we actually have a quote from that interview, and I'll put the, that video down in the description below too, so you guys can check it out. Um, but this is what he said: He said, "I have a pitch for a Metroid movie. They'll never let me do it. It's too crazy." It legitimately would be Samus alone. It would be a little bit of her talking to herself. And as soon as they introduce the other talking characters in those types of game movies, it totally loses everything. You put her alone and it's almost got more to do with the silence of the movie like Drive. Like the quietness and having it be like a real intense mood piece but mixed with sci-fi and i think that's such a cool idea having like this very isolated feeling like only following samus or at least for the majority of the movie type i mean it would be appropriately like the second half of the original alien movie where right where sigourney weaver is the only one spoilers from 1979 mm-hmm. uh, is the only one left um, and runs around the, the the ship and like talks to herself and the cat at, at points. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. It'd be really cool. Yeah. Do you know there's there was an attempt as a at a Metroid movie before. Um, really? It was supposed to come out in 2006 and it was supposed to be directed by John Woo. Oh wow. You know, made Mission Impossible. I remember too. this. Yeah. So yeah, I talked to the the producer Brad Foxhoven about it uh, and he said the um Nintendo was very, very worried about uh, licensing the the franchise, and this was the license was already owned pre Mario Brothers movie, so they kind of inherited that. Mm-hmm. And so, in working with Nintendo, John Woo kept, kept getting frustrated over the things he couldn't do with a the character. They were so restrictive huh. on the things that they would allow you to do with Samus that Woo just kind of got frustrated and gave up on the project. And you know, it kind of it it disappeared. Appeared and yeah. fell by the wayside. So he's probably right. Yeah, and that was two thousand six. Yeah, it was. It was in two thousand four. It was supposed to come out in two thousand six. Okay, so it's been. It's so that been was a while. that was definitely like in the midst of the prime trilogy era. Yeah, right. Yeah. For when sure. did we get three? That was a Wii. That was a Wii title. That was yeah. later yeah, that on. Was the Wii era. Because I know, like two thousand nine, two thousand ten. That's when they started Metroid. Oop. What's it called? The one we don't like to remember very Other often. M? Zero Mission. Other M. Yes. <laughs> That's the one. Yeah, that one. We like talking about Zero Mission. I love talking That's about Zero Mission. Uh, but yeah, I mean, although, I mean, his description sounds exactly what I figure Nintendo would want out of a Metroid movie. Yeah. Right? yeah. Like, not a lot of talking yeah. to other characters. Yeah. Like, those were the weakest parts of Metroid Prime mm-hmm. 3, right? Where you talk to the other. Um, the, the other uh, soldiers and stuff. Yeah, yeah. and also. And other M. I would just encapsulate the. F- feeling of the tension of all the Metroid games. Yep. I mean, yep. most of the games, you're just by yourself exploring yeah. Running away weird from areas yeah. and exploding fighting weird things. things. Yep. Yeah, other M3 and Fusion are the talkiest ones yep. in terms of people constantly checking in or in other M's case being like, hey, you're allowed to use your ice missiles now. And you're like, thanks, dude. <laughs> um, but Jordan Vort Roberts did a really great job with Kong Skull Island in terms of ba- making a big campy almost video game movie because it should have not been a good movie and totally. it's actually really fun yeah, yeah it's a, it's about it's <laughs> about like two or three groups of soldiers effect and scientists traveling through what's effectively a, a giant video game world and going through boss fights yeah 
Like that's really all that movie is. And so he understands like giant creatures, you know, he understands like what it's like to take a group of people and put them on a weird isolated planet full of dread. Um, and I think this would have been, this would be a, a perfect pairing. So who knows if anything like this happens in the meantime, Jordan is tweeting out concept art from metal gear for the next 30 days. Oh. So it's all this stuff you've never seen before. Fan art, con- concept art, um, every single day. So go follow him on Twitter. That's, That's really awesome. Cool. Yeah. Good guy. Uh, by the way, I'm so happy that they're actually making a metal gear movie now. Like finally it's, it's maybe it's happening. Oh, it we'll is, see. It's still a yeah. maybe. It's land? still a maybe. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's right. closer than ever. Obviously like, you look at all the parties involved on that. Not everyone is getting along perfectly. So I think it would be a matter of Konami saying like, sure, go for it. And Kojima being like, sure, I agree with that. I mean, there's just a lot of you're looking at two groups that very publicly fell out a few years ago. Yeah. yeah. And then Jordan in the middle being like, but I love Metal Gear. <laughs> so we'll see what happens. Here. All right. Well, we can keep our hopes high. Um, but let's go ahead and jump over to our leading games because we have so many games to catch up on. And we're going to go ahead and kick it off with our pick of the week. And that is none other than Bomb Chicken. <laughs> we have Bomb been waiting chicken. so long to talk about this <laughs> game. Uh, man, I know we're all really excited about it. I think we've all... Casey, yeah. have you played it? Yes. All right. Cool. So this is Bomb chicken. Um, Brian, I know you, this is your thing. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead and take you the and mic. I, you and I played this at the Nindies event a couple months ago. Yeah. Which is really cool to see because um, coming out of the, that event, I think my favorite games there were The Messenger, which is not out yet, which I can't wait for, um, which is, you know, a Ninja Gaiden style sort of action platforming game with time travel elements, of course. And this <laughs> game, Bomb Chicken, which is a platformer puzzle game where you're a chicken who lays eggs that explode that you can use to climb on things, kill bad guys, or accidentally commit suicide. <laughs> All the time. All the time. <laughs> yes. My um, case. And so this game is uh, it's it's triumphantly 16-bit era in, in you know in in basically everything in the, every way it presents itself. And it took me a little bit to fall in love with it because I feel like it's a little unforgiving at the beginning in terms of checkpoints. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but yeah. once it gets going, it really opens up. And you're kind of nudged to explore every corner of it and um, sort of think outside of your comfort zone in in terms of how you interact with this game. It does that really classic Nintendo thing where it takes a fundamental gameplay mechanic that's very simple and then forces you to sort of tear that idea open in every way possible. And and like you you start doing things with the bombs and if you're watching this uh, in video form you'll you'll already see some of the things right. you can do obviously with the bombs but like you'll start to learn how you can utilize the bombs the bombs will kill you mm-hmm. if they blow up under your butt <laughs> and they'll blow up anything else as well and so sometimes you get to levels that are entirely constructed out of destructible blocks and yeah. so you got to really plan them out like what bomb you kick and how high you build your bomb towers and I love the purity of this game not having a jump button either yeah. like you poop out a bomb. Yeah, to get one level higher, and and you can when you get good, you can go so fast in this game. Mm-hmm. It at times plays almost like a side-scrolling Bomberman in terms it of it feels like, like Bomberman. Yeah, like in just how I mean, you can create a line of bombs, you can create a stack of bombs, you can kick bombs and move them around. There's a mobility to them, but you can also use them to like lay down switches and kill bad guys. And like with, with certain things, like when you're making towers. You know that you can only be on that tower for so long, and you right. can only make it so high. So uh, you're rethinking a lot. That said, when you die, I feel like the checkpoints are pretty liberal. They get a little tougher later on, 
Um, but it's it's really the kind of game that uh, I could not get enough of, and I, I want to go back and 100% because I just really adore it. Yeah. It's also pretty hard, too. Yeah, it is. Yeah, because the entire time, like, you can see if you're watching the video format, um, there's, like, these blue gems that you collect, and if you gain a certain amount, you can, like, every at the end of every level, you're able to essentially upgrade your health bars. Yeah. Which, you know, sounds simple enough, but it's actually really hard to collect... Uh, you know all the gems that you need because at a certain point it's like you need eighty of them. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you might only find the, yeah, yeah giant chicken god, which yeah. is You're really watching. awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> it's really cool. And there's this, like uh, Pear and Brian were saying, there's like a ton of verticality in this game. It's really surprising, and it, it still manages to surprise me. I'm still playing through it. I haven't finished it, but with every level, it just gets weirder and crazier <laughs> and more challenging. It's definitely not easy, and I highly, highly recommend you yep. check it out. Yeah. The things um, it has you do with the bombs are really creative and really unique yeah Yeah. it's one of those games that once you get to learn the mechanics you can breeze through some of the levels once you understand how the bombs affect the way you move yeah and it's really satisfying to go through an area where you failed multiple times then you can just run through it perfectly and it's it's really cool and interesting and the animations of the chicken are really really cute yeah i always feel i feel really bad for the npc chickens (laughs) you accidentally blow up i know which you can't do anything with it it's just casualties that's what they get for being regular chickens and not bomb chickens yeah that's right yeah i feel like this game does teach you almost like a language right like you're you learn more and more you're not actually upgrading your character specifically but you are learning how to interact with the environment more sort of along the way like something like the witness did where the more you keep playing it, the more you're like, I, I kind of fundamentally understand how this game is speaking to me right now. Yep. Right. Um, so, yeah. It's like I'm so much better at Zelda games now than I was the first time I played <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Look game, out, get uh, check out Bomb Chicken on Nintendo Switch. It's like $15, which is very reasonable. Yes, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, next up it. is Pocket Rumble, another game that we've been kind of sitting on for a little while. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I'm not sure how many of you guys have checked this out. Have you I played have. it? Yeah? All right. So I played a little bit of it uh, earlier today and then a couple days ago, too. But I really got into it today. It's kind of like a simple, like, I don't want to call it simple because it's not really simple. It's a so two-button fighting game. I would say it's an incredibly stripped-down fighting game. Yeah, yeah. Um, because I don't know if it's simple. I think it still has depth, but um, it feels like something that you would have played on like the Neo Geo Pocket. That's exactly right. it. The yeah. style and everything is a Neo Geo, Neo Geo Pocket even, color. Even game. right down to the thick gridding of the pixel art in this yep. game. Um, I, I love the art style. I think the characters are really clever. The music and art's really good. I think the AI in this game is infuriating. <laughs> yes, um, so brutal. Yeah, it's not only that, but cheap. Like it feels like playing like a guy you hate in the arcade back in the nineties, just crouching and leg swiping yeah, who just over and keeps over again, doing e Honda's hundred hand slap or something like that. Yeah, um, I was, I was every time I play this game, um, I, I end up getting frustrated because. You, the people you're fighting are just constantly spamming the same exact move over and over. And in a game that only has two or three moves and each one of those moves has the same sound effect, mm. it gets a little grating. Um, that said, I imagine it's a lot more fun with friends and in si- situations where you're not fighting a dumb robot. Yeah. I think it's like for the, for its price and I think it's also $15. I might be wrong on that. I, I don't. this one might be 10 10 Yeah. Okay. If it's 10 it's even better because it's probably the most affordable best fighting game on switch definitely if that makes sense yeah. yeah yeah um it's got online play too so if you hate playing against the ai you can 
take your game online. Or your friends. Yeah, or your <laughs> friends. Um, but I mean, you know, that said, it, I think that there's something to it. If you're into fighting games and if you want to try and master like something something like this uh, that's a little bit more technical and really more precise about choosing your moves because yeah. you're, you're so limited with them, uh, check out Pocket Rumble. It's not a bad game at all. It's it's actually really interesting. Nice. Um, yeah. It's kind of cool to see a blast from the past. I remember the yeah. Neo Geo Pocket. It was just such a fun little machine. And it was the first... Like, there really weren't that many great fighting games in the on the kind of the Game Boy and the DS, and Neo Geo Pocket had all these great fighting games. I know, yeah. I know, and it was such a weird, it's such a weird system, you know. Like yep. not a lot of people really know about it or owned one because it wasn't made by Sega or Nintendo. Sniff. And I think these graphics would work really well on in handheld mode. Yes, mm-hmm. so you could just put it down and give someone one of the Joy Cons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it works so much better because sometimes be. uh, fighting games that are really detailed, like I can't imagine playing Smash. In portable mode with another person. Oh man, that's going to be yeah. weird. Yeah. with eight players. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> and yet people will be doing it this fall. Yep. Or Christmas, whenever it's out. Maybe By people, my, you maybe mean my us. eyes are just bad. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's uh, roll on over to Pool Panic, which is out today. Uh, it's fifteen dollars, and it is the newest game. By Adult Swim Games. Now, this game is very, very much like an Adult Swim cartoon yes. in that it's completely insane and the people who made it were on drugs. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, in a really good way because it's actually quite quite a lot of fun. Essentially, it takes the game of pool and it throws billiards in like real life situations. If you're watching the video right now, <laughs> so you can see, so you, see a you bunch of little campers right now. You cue ball. Yeah, you play yeah. as a cue ball and all of the other balls in the game weird sentence are a, <laughs> are like friends or people or townsfolk or something like that and it's level based you basically have like a super mario world style overworld where you go from stage to stage and have to knock all of these balls into the holes and then you get the eight ball and last um some of the balls are aggressive so they'll like get in the way if you walk near them they'll start bouncing and scattering things there's objects around the environment uh it took me a minute to get used to the controls hmm. um because it's very flicky like you have to pull the stick yeah. back in the opposite direction um, but after a little a little while, it starts to feel good. It feels very rubber bandy. I love that the hat falls off every time. I know. It's so, <laughs> so cute. Good. There's so much charm in this game. It's like 10% gross. Um, <laughs> but it's, I, yeah, I really like this game. And I, I, every level feels kind of unique. And there's um, challenges you can do within those levels, like the number of times it would take you to knock all the balls in the hole or whatever it is. Um, yeah. Yes, yeah, it's, it's weird. It's, and same, and this the expressions team makes are so things. cute. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no. Yeah. It, it 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 is a lot of fun. I've been enjoying this one quite a bit. Like if you're watching the video right now, you can see where uh we're showing a like a lake level yep. and you can actually go inside of the lake, uh which is really weird. If you shoot your ball in the lake, you'll find that there's more cue balls in there mm-hmm. or more uh billiard balls in there. So, it's just got so many weird layers and with each level you play, it introduces something new or something you just haven't seen before that, to keep it very interesting. And it's just like a hilarious game to play uh, yeah. if you're looking for something I'm, fun. That red ball yeah. has a fishing I'm, pole. Yep. I'm, you're just I'm sold. I'm going to buy this. How much is it? Uh, $15. 15 yeah. bucks. Okay. Yeah. yeah, it's called Pool Panic. I know we always try to... <laughs> I try to be better about seeing the game multiple times yep. and then I forget. <laughs> this I haven't even seen this stage. This is insane. Yeah, it gets yeah. even crazier. There's like a stage where you're just in a barn and there aren't even any holes mm-hmm. uh, in the ground or anything like that. You just have to like knock... You have to use your billiard 
ball to like knock other pig billiard balls yeah. out of the barn, which is just <laughs> a crazy mess. But somehow it's a lot of fun. Here it is right oh. now showing up on you the You probably the look screen. at your Switch and you're like, well, what's the best fighting game? Or what's the best puzzle platform? <laughs> or what's the best Metroidvania? Um, and if you're wondering what the most deranged billiards game is, <laughs> this what is would, it. What would you even call Like, what genre is this? This is <laughs> weird pool. pool. <laughs> <laughs> top. Parlor game yeah. with walking pool balls. Exactly. I haven't even the checked if there's... The best anthropomorphic ball game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There you go. I haven't even checked if there's just a straight up normal, real, realistic billiards mode in this game. Probably not. Nope. I Maybe tucked away somewhere. There's some sort of a multiplayer mode. I actually haven't checked it out oh, yet. Oh, cool. But I think that they do offer like a like a basic billiards table there. Cool. Um, and also like a lot of the levels here open up too. Like you can see I just cracked open that fence and there's just like different things that just start popping out and happening. It's very, very strange. I don't think I've ever it's played like a game balls. like this. So weird. Yeah, super weird. But I do have a cool little surprise for you guys. Oh. Uh, one of the developers from this game, uh, his name is Angus Dick. Uh, his Twitter handle is AngusDick18 if you want to follow him. He works for uh, Adult Swim Games. He actually drew us uh, no. as these characters. Yeah, really? can you go ahead and get that photo on screen. <laughs> 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 right there. Uh, so from left to right, it's me, Philip, and then Casey, Pear, and then of course Brian. Oh my god! <laughs> I think That's they did a awesome. great job. Yeah, it's super cool. I'm really just I love this thing. Hey, that makes me really happy. Like yeah. I was literally playing his game last night for like an hour. This is so cool. So that's what we would look like if we were in this game. Oh my god, it. that's yeah. pretty accurate. That's totally made my day. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much for uh, yeah, taking you. the time to do that, Angus. Really he loved got it. my hair perfect, by the way. Yeah, yeah. No, your hair is really good. good. Job there. Yeah. And look at Casey's glasses. That's my confused expression. Yeah, I think Pear definitely looks the best. Spot on, right there. Oh my god, I love how like I'm like 20 percent beavis. Butthead. <laughs> you got that that grin going on. Yeah, right that's there. great. Yeah, Perry's awesome. expression is pretty yep. perfect. Oh, that's yeah. it. This this is so unsettling and wonderful. Thank you, Angus. <laughs> so that's Pool Panic. Uh, it's out right now on Nintendo Switch and I believe other consoles or PC. Nintendo Switch and PC. It's fifteen dollars. Pick it up if you're just looking for a really weird but fun, uh, just crazy trip through a game. Yep. Um, so next up on the list is Mugsters. Now Mugsters also just came out this week, uh, and it kind of took me by surprise because just taking a look at this game, it's really easy to just sort of pass it along and you know not take a second look but it's got a lot to it it's a physics based puzzle game uh that takes on the top down view and you play as this like little character i don't i don't think he even has a name uh but you're running through like a, like a level based world essentially and you have to do complete different objectives like rescue other humans you have to destroy satellites uh you have to like take off from an airplane successfully from an island and and then land it later. And it uses physics in a really creative and interesting way. Like you can see if you're watching the video podcast, I'm going to get into a car in a second and drive it straight through a wall. Um, And so it's just very very peculiar peculiar as to how it like sort of uses physics to progress you through the game but it does it in a very intelligent way which i think is really cool so it has real real particle physics i mean the game is presented almost like in a cell shaded fashion yeah. but like yeah. each object or each wall that you break apart the pieces actually behave and according then, to gravity and so you really got to figure out how to attack things and how to smash into mm-hmm. things yeah. to to get ahead yeah, yeah. this is really, really interesting like yeah it seems really cool water 
Mm-hmm. Looks really cool. Oh yeah! yeah. Wow. And you Whoa, can complete each. Man. You can complete each objective like you know differently. It's all about how you want to do it. You can if you're trying to save humans, they're all like in these little weird um, hibernation capsules. So you can pick up a rock and throw it at the capsule, or you can just drive your car straight through it um, and you know blow it up essentially. And somehow the human survives. <laughs> I don't know how, but he does. Um, and it's got a bunch of explosive barrels in there that you can like sort of mess with. It's just one of those games that's really fun to play with the physics, but on top of the physics it has a really interesting story that just develops um as you go and of course the physics are mm-hmm. just really great so yeah. check it out it's mugsters it's out right now on switch if you're interested in like physics puzzle games i think this one is really cool um so did you get did you play miles and kilo brian yeah i did yeah why, why do you even ask him <laughs> yes i did <laughs> all right did you play every game on switch brian no no <laughs> i read the other day that there's like it's there's 900 something games oh on no switch right now oh really i mean and oh I, yes yeah <laughs> so i probably played a 890 no you played? i don't i probably played like 300 games <gasps> 300 that sounds right it's a lot that sounds Holy possible moly. so um, what do you what's your take on miles and uh Kilo. I was just looking up the information a second ago and I couldn't remember, but um, I believe this is from the same developers as, I want to say, not Balloon Kid or something like that. But there was an 8-bit platforming game on Switch already that was a port of something from iOS that was an auto-running game that launched a couple months ago that was a couple bucks. This is their, those developers' new, newest game. Um, this one's a little different because it's not entirely auto-running. You play as a boy and his dog, and the boy levels are puzzle or platforming levels that you can basically control left to right and when you get the dog on the leash he auto runs and you have to basically kind of like runner or something like that yeah yeah time all your jumps and do everything collect everything it's this game's got a little bit of adventure island in it i would say um and i like this game i don't love it um i found it to be a little unforgiving in terms of um, like it's it feels very simple in presentation, but it's a little harder mm-hmm. than I wanted it to be mm-hmm. um, in, in that it pushes back a little hard and then you have to restart the levels from the beginning, mm-hmm. which is kind of a pain in the ass when not a fan. you just want to chill out and play a cool platforming game. Yeah. Um, so I would like and I rarely say this because I love tough games like Bloodborne's my one of my favorite games of all time. Um, I would like this game to be a little bit less unforgiving. You know, or a little bit more forgiving is a simpler way of saying that. <laughs> um, but yeah, that said, um, there's a discount on this game if you bought their previous game, so go check that out. And even then, I think it's only a couple bucks. Mm-hmm. Cool. I think it's like five or six bucks. So give it a give it a look if you want something really challenging. Um, I think it's fun and the art direction is really good, but I think it's just a little too punishing. Okay. There is a good boy. Yes, there's a good dog in that game. <laughs> now, a game that um, I think has been on Steam Early Access for quite like over a year now uh just made it to switch it's called 20xx now this game is very very cool it's kind of like uh i don't know i don't want to call it like a reimagining but it takes a lot of elements from Mega Man x yes and it adds like a lot of modern elements as well like procedural generation and and different things like that you've been playing a lot of this yeah i i would say sorry pair (laughs) (laughs) i would say this is um this is this is probably the best Mega Man like cover song that we've ever had. Yeah, no offense, Mighty yeah, Number yeah. Nine. <laughs> I was just um, gonna bring that up, but it, like you said, <laughs> like Philip said, it modernizes the game, uh, the the genre a lot by adding um, a lot of new stuff. So it's got some sort of roguelike elements, but there are permanent upgrades you can unlock and a store that you can buy stuff from that will la- allow you to basically keep adding stuff to your character, so he or she always has it forever. Um, I really, I I wasn't crazy. I feel like the um. The art in this game gets a little 
like flash gamey. You know, it feels a little generic at times, um, but it's so damn fun. Mm-hmm. And uh, the platforming feels really solid. Like shooting mechanics feel really good. The bosses are all like they're all introduced like Mega Man bosses. Like they come in, they have that full screen, and you know you jump through the door, and then you fight them, and then you move on to the next thing. Um, are the bosses based on everyday household objects? Kind of. Um, I'm Doorman. <laughs> yeah, they're a lot more nonsense. It's like Shatterbeak, the icy Avenger. They're a lot more oh, okay. nonsense. It's a little bit more. They're yeah. robot masters, but it's like this one's part bird. All right. Um, and I think that the overall, they're a lot more interesting in terms of like attack patterns than most Mega Man bosses are, okay. at least the old school ones. Um, but yeah, I really like this game. It's really good. It's also got online play too, which mm. I found is actually really fun as well. It's it's seamless too, which is interesting. You you go to a, a separate place in your sort of like hub area, and you just connect to online, and the game doesn't even load. Another person just pops up right next to you. Yeah, uh, and it's got like two different playable characters that you can choose. Um, I forget what their names are, like Ninja and. Ah, some something else. Mega but, and Man. Yeah, Mega and Man. But they're very, very closely based off of like Mega Man X characters, and they play pretty similarly too. Um, but yeah, I really like it. It's also got like um, wireless play between switches, where you don't have to connect to a Wi-Fi network. You can just connect straight to each other's switches. So it's great for co-op play if you just have a buddy next to you, mm-hmm. like um, the old Game Boy Advance days. Yeah, exactly. I'm not even that big of a Mega Man fan, honestly. It's it's hard for me to admit that publicly, <laughs> but I'm not. Um, but this game really grabbed me, and I'm I'm really really enjoying it. I think it's a great great game. Um, yeah. yeah, I think like just like sitting down for a run in this game is really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, the Switch has really proven itself to be a great platform for games like that. Yeah. But you can just sit down, and play for 10, 15 minutes, die, and still feel like you accomplished something. Yeah. Yep. Totally. Now, another game uh, that came out, I think this week is Hand of Fate. Yeah. Yeah. Hand of Fate 2, actually. Mm-hmm. It's a Hand sequel. of Fate 2. Yeah. yeah. Have you been able to check that I out? I played it last night. It's really interesting. It's a really strange game. It's almost like uh, you're in a Dungeons and Dragons session with a friend set in the Middle Ages, and you've got this, you know, the, this, this dealer who's kind of like this snarky storyteller, and he puts the cards down and tells you a story. And according to the cards you pick, where the story goes, you make decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, they're battle sequences whenever you have an encounter with someone. It's a yeah. really cool cool it, interesting concept it kept this surprising so me cool. it I really is yeah this really bad now. um it genuinely kept surprising me with how much depth there was here and how many mm-hmm. surprises there were at first i was like oh this is a lot of build up for a card game which yep. it essentially is for most of the time but then it throws to you know battles where you're with a team or you're on your own fighting a wave of enemies or there's like a dice roll mini game or you can go in and customize your character and you know build out all these settings and stuff like that and yeah the two the two main modes there's like an endless mode where you know the cards randomize the way the story is told but there's also campaign Mm -hmm. where there's a kind of a story very simple through line through the game but yeah i I just love the vibe of it it's almost like somebody's putting down like tarot cards for you and saying you've encountered the witch what are you gonna do and like you have to make a decision and there is no right or wrong path like you can help a character against bandits for example um if you choose to help it might result in a battle it might result in a in a um, you know just kind of rolling the rolling three dice and trying to beat a number mm-hmm. uh, and the battles are very simple it's like simple attacks but you can also get more weapons for your character you can move from you know from a sword to an axe and so forth it's um it's got some depth in it, it looks pretty nice on the switch too I, I imagine it's like what what 
what you imagined you were doing when you're playing Dungeons and Dragons back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yep. Or it's like, oh, we now go to battle a giant troll. This game just lets you do it. Yeah. Which is really cool. And then brings you right back to the card game. So Yeah, we reviewed um, the uh, PC version, uh, I think, last year and gave it an 8 out of oh, 10. Cool. And this the Switch version seems like a very competent port. Awesome. It's got a little stutter in it when, when loading, a little, little skipping. Um, but um, How the, are the, the main... loads overall, like when you load in between the card sections? Pretty good. The... Yep. Yeah. Not too bad. Cool, cool. Yep. Yeah, good game. Yeah, that's Hand of Fate. It's out now on Switch, and I believe Hand it's of Fate two? Hand of Fate yep. two. Yes, okay. excuse me. Uh, and it's I believe thirty nine ninety nine. So yep. yeah, it's not a small game. Check it out. It surprised me. I had no idea that there was actually that much action in it. So mm-hmm. it's pretty cool. Um, so I know it's been a while since we've had a skip of the week, but we have a skip of the week this <laughs> week, and I'm very excited uh, to announce it. <laughs> it's called Guts of Glory, and uh, it comes out on Friday. So if you're watching this on YouTube, that's today. If you're watching this on IGN, that's tomorrow. And you should be watching this on IGN because you can watch it first. Uh, but yeah, this is Guts, uh, Guts, Guts and, and Glory. Glory. Yeah, and it's it's one of those games that tries to be it tries to be silly, it tries to be stupid and fun at the same time, kind of like Octodad or those games that kind of troll you well, as you play, like Goat Simulator, it's, right? Yeah, like it yeah. knows it knows it's kind of yes. broken. Yeah, but this. I don't know if they wanted it to be this broken because this game is very broken. Like those are frame stutters. Yeah, you can see them happening. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it just drops straight down to like four frames per second. Uh, it froze up on me twice uh, while I was trying to record gameplay, which is very rare for a yeah. Switch game to happen. Um, so it's this, one of those games that's fun to watch somebody stream just because of the unpredictability and the crazy stuff you yeah, can do, right? Exactly. The, you know, okay. it, I would be a lot more forgiving with this game if, like, let's say when you die and you have to reset it if it was fast or instant mm-hmm. but this isn't there's a good like 10 12 second load before you can retry and you're gonna die a lot because it controls you're gonna die terribly. on a park bench I yeah mean, that's kind of the point right it's yeah, like it's it was weird. it was you who walked in when i gasped yeah. heavily yeah i was playing this game and brian walks in and i was like <gasps> Like, what I, happened? I, I just slightly touched a park bench and my arm exploded yeah. off and now I'm dead on the floor and I don't know what to do. Yeah. <laughs> and so like, I'll put it this way. I think that this game uh, is really funny yeah. and it's really fun. I think it's really hard to get um, to really nail like Goat Simulator hit that perfect balance of of jankiness yeah. and intentional jankiness, but also still feeling like a package that was competently put together. Whereas this game, you know, is way too rough around the edges to recommend. Um, that said, when you're like you play as an old man and your wife is in a radio <laughs> flyer behind you, and you par- go into a park bench and you both explode, oh, there she it's, goes. it's very funny. But like, if you can't get right back into the action, oh, oh, or, oh. <laughs> yeah. So I think it's it's like really hard to make a bad game on purpose. <laughs> You yeah, know? It really but they is. succeeded. Yeah, they succeeded. Yeah. I mean, well, hats to, off. <laughs> it's sort of like when you want to make like, how do you make a movie that's like so bad that it's the room that people are quoting it? They love it. You yeah. know, yeah. Like you look at something like Snakes on a Plane, which was almost too good to be bad. I love Snakes. On See, a plane. <laughs> but like, I think a lot. I think people walked out of the movie and they're like, that movie was a little better than I thought it would be. I thought it would be just awful, and it, I thought it'd be so bad that it was good, but it was mostly just okay. And funny. And funny. And so this, this, oh. I think this game is just like, it's just too, it's just too bad. Yeah, no, it's, <laughs> it's just, just too much bad. It just doesn't work very well. Like at least on Switch, I know it's available on other consoles as, as well, and maybe ah! the load times will be better yeah. there. Um, but there's just so much about this game that like it misses. It, it definitely doesn't 
hit it with the controls. It doesn't hit it with the frames. I mean, yeah. obviously, you can see. This is the kind of game that my, my sons would play for days, and I'd be <laughs> mad that they're playing that instead of all the games. No, I would be all... I, yeah. I was really disappointed to find out this was our skip of the week because I, I, I wanted this game to be good. Yeah. Or no, I wanted it to be to run well enough to be bad. All right. Yeah, no, I was legitimately excited um, when I downloaded it. I was totally went in unbiased. I knew what kind of game it was, but I was ready to enjoy it, and it just got less and less enjoyable the more yeah. I played. So, so it kept, be like, careful. it froze yeah. on you, and it... Yeah, it yeah. froze on me. Yeah, yeah. like, like multiple times. Yeah, so it's fifteen dollars. Um, I highly recommend you spend that fifteen dollars on something like Bomb Chicken, yep. which is our pick of the week. Um, you know, maybe if they update it in the future, it'll get better. But for now, just stay stay far away. Mm-hmm. Or if um, there's a really good sale that has it for like less than that. Ooh, yeah, yeah. that's a good idea. Like, Switch or watch. Shop. Or watch somebody play it on Twitch. Yep. That's probably that. the best way to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I asked you guys on our NVC podcast forums, which you should be a member of on Facebook, um, to ask us some questions for Question Block. And thank you so much. So many of you did submit your questions. We're going to try and get to as many as we possibly can. And we're going to go ahead and kick it off with Evan B., who asks, What game on Switch have you put the most time into, not counting Breath of the Wild? For me, it's Binding of Isaac. Mm. Ooh, good yeah. choice. And we, Speaking of my sons, my, we, my oldest son played hundreds of hours of that. In the yeah. In, yeah. in the interest of making this interesting, can we also axe uh, Mario Odyssey from this? Yes. Okay. okay. Yeah. Sure. All right. Gone then. Okay. That was probably my yeah. There goes two. my yeah. Yeah. <laughs> then my <laughs> number two can be like not tell the book. My number my number two would be uh, Splatoon two probably. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Splatoon yeah. two. I just think the amount of multiplayer hours and it's got a single player mode and DLC and all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think for me it's a tie between Splatoon 2 and Xenoblade. I, oh, put, yeah. I ended up putting like, I don't know, 50 hours into Xenoblade and I'm sure I'm going to pass that with Octopath Traveler in the next wow. week or so. So, yeah. What about you guys? This makes me a little sick to think about it. <laughs> but, um, I put in about 65 hours into Pokemon Quest. Wow. <laughs> now, for your cre- for her credit, though, she did work on the Wiki's Guide, right? The Wiki's Guide and the review. Yes. So I beat it. Yes. At least I got the credits to roll, and that's how long it took me to get to that point. Wow. Okay. You know, I probably put 15 hours into that game. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that weird? Because I don't, no. I'm not really in, in the Pokemon. That's still quite a bit. And then I just stopped. I don't yeah. know what happened. Like, one day I was just like, oh, I... I I'm done. <laughs> I I pretty much rage quit because I couldn't get my Alakazam to learn Psychic. Oh, wow. No. I was just, I was. I think I spent 20 hours trying to do just that, and I just gave up. That's what set you <laughs> off. Yeah. Not the 60 hours <laughs> of, the of playing a Did you, did you spend real money game. on it? Um, well, you can't actually spend that much. I spent $30 on the pack that came with everything mm-hmm. at the beginning yeah like i put like five hours into it and i was like okay i like this game i'm gonna keep playing i'll right. get the thing that'll make the grind less difficult yep and you know spend 30 bucks on it and mm. you can't i think after there's about 50 dollars worth of content in that game and then you cannot there's nothing else to buy oh so yeah you can't buy duplicates nice of them yeah it's very nice of them and i'm really glad that they didn't have more stuff to buy because i might have bought it i wish more free to play (laughs) games would be like that yeah yeah it wasn't very grabby which is cool what was your longest play time (laughs) you played 400 games for one hour Um, (laughs) honestly Fortnite. Yeah, no, that's I can right. see that. Yeah, You're like believe it or not, that, huh? yeah, Mr. Level Fifty. Over yeah, there. <laughs> I mean, I hit level fifty on the last battle pass. And I'm twenty two on this one. Oh um, wow! Like right. it's the kind of thing where it's. I will. I'll put it this way. I that game came out uh, 
that game was released a week after my daughter was uh. <laughs> and from being born, not jail. Um, <laughs> and uh, that those worlds do not go well together because you with with a newborn, you need a game you can pause and Fortnite. So if you kill me in that game, it's not because I'm bad. It's because I'm just like standing there because I have to pick her up because she's screaming. <laughs> um, so it's very hard to work those things together. But I was on paternity leave and I was home. And that was just the perfect game to sort of sink a bunch of time into and not have to think too much about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I talked last week about why I love it so much. But yeah, I, I think it's really the perfect game for that platform. Nice. Yeah. I love very Fortnite. Cool. Can't wait to play it when I get home. So a lot of you guys asked a uh, very similar question to this next one. So I decided to definitely put this one in there because I think it's really great. Uh, but I'm going to give Daniel P. the credit because uh, I'm reading his question for it. Nintendo and Reggie have been teasing other surprises, unannounced titles for the remainder of the year. What do you folks think they may, they may be and where would they squeeze them in on the, on the calendar? Okay. So... We've all been sort of talking about this for the last week or so, ever since it was announced, uh, that Nintendo is still cooking up stuff for this year. Now, Pear, I know you had mentioned that it could possibly possibly be like maybe some Mario Odyssey DLC or maybe some Mario Kart DLC or maybe... To tie in with online, with the online, Mario Kart DLC to tie in with the online plan launch. No, but honestly, I think the unannounced games will be smaller ones. I think this Mm. is the stuff that you'll see in a direct where like Picross Zelda Edition or something is going to come out or Picross Nintendo Edition. Like it'll be smaller games like that. By the way, I'm A-OK with that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm done with all the Picross stuff on all the machines now. So They they just launched a new one, didn't they? Uh, A new Picross game? Where? Here? On Switch. I would know. No. <laughs> oh, no. He's going to check right what? now. Oh, you mean the imposter game? Yes. Yeah, I mean, that's not a real Picross game. I mean, you're Wait, starved oh for, for Picross. No. I don't know. That's not the same. Didn't you play You played the other one, right? Yeah, I played the other imposter game. What was the other one? It was just oh. not that good. Pick-a-picks or whatever? <laughs> <laughs> and you put like I think that's hours what it that? was. Uh, Pick-a-picks deluxe. Yeah, so you'll take what you can get. <laughs> they keep on releasing DLC for that, too. No, but I think it'll be something like that. You know, like yeah. the like when we got surprised like Box Boy in the past. Like, it'll be that sort of caliber game. Like, don't expect like Pikmin to come out of nowhere, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, you you're totally agree, right. Or? I totally agree. I think it's going to be stuff like Dr. Luigi and, you Ooh. know, Box Boy and... A lot of there was a lot of like WiiWare ish games that came mm-hmm. to Wii U and Wii that um, aren't on Switch yet um, that I'd like to see. Uh, I would love ports of the mainline Mario games that we saw on Wii U. I have a feeling they'll build up a little more fanfare for that. I mean, even Captain Toad, they built up some, you I know. Could, some- but I could imagine something like that where they don't want to make a big deal out of a re-release on, of a GameCube game again yeah. or a Wii U game. So like, I mean, hopefully it, it is something like Sunshine, like a game that we haven't seen. In a while. That would be awesome. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm I'm really bummed that we don't have new Super Mario Brothers Wii U, we don't have new Super Luigi, and we don't have Super Mario 3D World. I just don't see them doing those things this year. It, there was um, a rumor around new Super Mario really? making the cut for Switch. Yeah, because yeah, taking those two games and putting them out in a package yeah. would be fantastic. The Luigi, I don't know if you guys played new Super Luigi. Did you guys no, play that? No. Oh yeah, my God, the, the DLC thing. Yeah, it was a yeah. DLC for New Super Mario Brothers for Wii U, which launched with the Wii U. Um, 2D Mario game, four-player, blah, blah, blah. Uh, the Luigi version was basically all the levels were ramped up to the point where it's like when you only have 60 seconds left in a Mario game and mm-hmm. the timer's going really fast yeah. and music's sped up. Yeah, and it's, it, we're, they're all just this crazy mad dash to get to the goal as fast as possible. Really smart, really tight, really clever levels. Yeah. Um, 
and it just lived and died on Wii U. So I would love was, to see that get another life on yeah, the Switch. No, that's a really good point. Uh, and, and again, that was one of the rumored titles was was New Super Mario. There were a couple other things that, you know, are now sh- rearing the heads that, like, the first South Park game, you know, that are now right. coming out. So we'll, we'll There's also Yoshi, which is like, you know, we hear that, we heard at E3 that was still in development and they were kind of taking Next year. It's right? next year, yeah. yeah. Delayed till next yeah. year, yeah. So Any Monster Hunter games coming now? Um, for Switch, yeah. yeah Monster Hunter Generations Ultimate. Yeah. Uh, yeah. August 27th. There you go. Yeah, no, I think you guys are spot on. I don't think we're going to get, like, Pikmin or Animal Crossing, unfortunately. But, um, you know, Nintendo has a ton of games in the catalog. Like, that. you're right, were on the Wii U that lived and died there that they Metroid, could totally bring back. Metroid, Metroid Prime, Prime Trilogy, Trilogy was yeah. another rumored, mm-hmm. yep. rumored title. Port, what was the, the name of the Metroid game we just got on 3DS? Uh, Samus Returns. Yeah, yeah, put that on Switch. Yeah, that would make total Boom. sense for Switch. It, it would work completely well. You don't need the map on the lower screen the entire time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Easy it, money, launch it in October. Yeah. It's free. Enhance mm-hmm. the graphics a little bit. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and... Traveler? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> There's some good Octopath questions here. Uh, well, we got two back-to-back. So Mike S. asks, uh, who's your ultimate Octopath party? Casey, why don't you go ahead and start us off? Oh, man. Okay. So I've been playing with uh, Hanit, who is the hunter... Um, Cyrus the Scholar and Ophelia the Cleric as my main three and then I've been kind of experimenting with the other characters and I think with my fourth I'm going to stick with Therian Mm -hmm. who's kind of a a jack-of-all-trades so then I have a healer um, a jack-of-all-trades who can open those purple chests and steal stuff Um, and then I have a physical DPS in Hunter in uh, Hadith and then I have an elemental DPS in uh, Cyrus who also gives away the enemy weaknesses yeah cool and um are you so, writing on the guy writing the guide? I'm this seems like on really it. good advice, actually. I'm working on it. And yeah. um so actually uh Cyrus has the highest um elemental attack bonus and Hanit has the highest physical attack bonus. Mm-hmm. Um and Alfin can also revive and heal your character, the apothecary. And they're both but, really good for multi enemy attacks too. Yes. They got powerful yeah. multi enemy attacks right from the get go. Mm-hmm. And Ophelia is kinda underrated, being yeah. able to summon um yeah villagers yeah. and, and soldiers that she gathers before and then mm-hmm. being able to heal too oh and uh people's healing abilities is actually based on their elemental defense mm-hmm. so keep that up and for more tips visit the octopath traveler <laughs> wiki plug. uh we have uh maps that actually show you where all the hidden chests are uh chests are in every location nice. as well the purple chests uh those two yeah yes nice mm-hmm. very cool and yeah i have a are you i'm sorry <laughs> oh and you can actually unlock secondary jobs so if you think you're missing an element or a type of an attack you can just balance your team out by getting the secondary jobs which you can also find the locations of those shrines on the octopath traveler wiki very cool. cool. I feel like I, I know everything. Now. I know. I'm ready. Um, yeah. So the other question is from Greg C. And he asks, what is your least liked or biggest issue with Octopath? That's a good question. Um, I think, honestly, this might be a Easy. little controversial. But my biggest issue with Octopath is that I wish that they either went all in with the VO or just no VO at all. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it's a little weird that there's it's sometimes there and sometimes not there. I would have rather just had all of it, honestly, um, other than, you know, than what we have now, which is just like a very sectional, like chosen pieces of, yep. of VO. Oh, I'm playing in Japanese. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just the, the first they always say, like the first word or. You know, right. Which I know. It's a popular thing in, in Japanese games. Right. Nowadays. Yeah. I mean. Save. Yeah, it it makes sense, I guess, for certain parts, but I kind of would have loved to hear like an entirely fleshed out VO. So mine, I I think the game is pretty respectful when it comes to random enemy encounters, but I still would prefer 
seeing the shadows of the yeah. enemies on the map because like sometimes you just you're like oh crap i forgot there i, I just spotted a treasure chest and i'm just going to quickly run there and you know yeah. you get the random attacks like i wish there was just a very turnkey quick yeah. way to avoid that right from the map like yeah. if you have a scholar on your team they unlock a support skill that lessens the amount of uh random encounters you have there you go nice but that's not the same no it's not <laughs> <laughs> but you can't like abuse that because then you'll never level up yeah. yeah like i was so happy when i got that and then i realized uh i don't yeah i, I don't want to wear it all the time well. it's, it's yeah. not this game does not i mean they they there were games in the 16-bit age where you took two steps and you could get back-to-back encounters. Mm-hmm. It's not that bad. Yeah. But mm-hmm. it's, it is like those rare moments. You have a run button in this game yeah. for those rare moments where I'm like, oh, I want to quickly get that. Oh, I forgot to talk to this guy on the map. And then yeah. attack again. Yeah. yeah. All I right. Wanna, I, I just want It's fine. Yeah. No, no. Go <laughs> ahead. You sure? No. Um, one of the things that I, I find a little bit annoying is that the cutscenes, there are lags in between the mm. speech bubbles popping up. Oh, yeah. right, so right, yeah. if you read faster than they talk and you want to just get through it, you can't. Yeah, you and I were talking about this yeah. this morning. It's it's kind of it like it kind of breaks the flow a little bit. Yeah. yeah. And also it'll fade to black and come back into gameplay and you're like you didn't really need to do that cuz you're all in the same engine. It's not like it's throwing to a FMV or something and coming back. Yeah. 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 But good, I dig it. Good I'm, point. I'm yeah, just getting everything started. Everything else I really like. Other than that, I picked that teacher that has those weird students that are trying to hook up with him that's weird cyrus is amazing <laughs> i'll keep going then <laughs> he's got a funny story sherlock holmes ish mm. sherlockian I, I like him <laughs> <laughs> all right on that note that is our show this week thank you very much for watching listening we are a weekly show on ign.com and you can catch us first on ign every thursday at 3 p.m pacific 6 p.m eastern time and the following day on youtube.com slash nintendo voice chat at 3 p.m so on that note thank you guys very much for joining me and we will see you all next week take care Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.